Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castro, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how you doing on this Monday afternoon? Mr. Castro, how you doing? I'm okay. It was, uh, it was a, it was a weird weekend for football, wasn't it? It was, it was strange. Yeah. It flew. The Sunday night game was only three hours, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, I noticed what because I was at work and I was trying to get all the post game from the from the four o'clock games, and I realized that I didn't have a lot of time before I had to get post game for the Sunday night game too, because it was just flying, absolutely flying. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad it did, considering it was just uh, it was. I would say it was the most disappointing game of the year, by a country mile. Yeah. Just just the amount of hype that was going into it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, going by it, what happened in week one, like the week one game was really good in New Orleans. And this game just completely, completely shit the bed in that regard. Well, I don't want to uh, go on this long-winded ensemble because this episode will be long enough. But we were talking about this last night, and we were going through the NBC games so mm-hmm. far. And we included week one. So we're going to do a hit or miss on all of them. Chiefs, Texans. Would you say that was a hit or was that a miss? I would, was kind of, I would say it was like in the middle. So it was like, it was like meh. It was meh. I agree. It was meh. I think it was – the game was disappointing, but everyone was hyped up because it was football. I don't think everyone was hyped up because of the game. It was, yeah, it was week one. That was it. Yeah. It was the, that was the opening night game. That yes. was the kickoff. So that, we'll get that one a meh. Okay. Cowboys, Rams. Excellent. Yes. Really good game. Patriots Seahawks. Really good. Definitely really good. Really good. That's 2-0. Packers Saints week three. Excellent. Phenomenal. Excellent, excellent game. Eagles 49ers. Blah. Kind of dog shit. Kind of. Vikings Seahawks. Terrific. Terrific. Rams 49ers. Blah. Yeah. Bucks Raiders. Blah. A lot of points. A lot of yes. points, but blah. Cowboys Eagles. Wait a minute. No, Bucks Raiders wasn't Sunday night. That wasn't Bucks Raiders was Bucks Raiders bad. was Oh no, that was supposed to be the Sunday night. But then they they um you know what? Guess they what flexed game? it out because of the COVID thing. Yeah, it was the Seahawks and Cardinals. Great. Phenomenal. Great. Okay, yes. there we go. And then Cowboys, Eagles, blah. Awful. And then last night, blah. Awful. So we're five and four in terms of good and blah sort of games. Well, it's better than, than uh, Monday Night's track record. Oh, well, let's not even get started. I don't know what's worse, Monday Night's track record or Thursday Night's track record. You're right. They're both equally bad. I mean, there's a reason that the Jets haven't played on Sunday Night Football since 2012. I'm sure you're not too upset about it. <laughs> no, not really. It's bad enough that you get embarrassed in front of the whole country on Thursdays and Mondays. Yeah, well, at least it's only one Thursday and one Monday out of every year. True. You just want to get them over with and just move on to the next week. Yeah. Although, I, I mean, I don't want to tip my hand too early, but I kind of, sort of, like... Our chances, but not really. 
I, I'm taking Jets plus seven and a half tonight. Do I dare even say it? With no Stephon Gilmore? I am taking Jets England? plus seven and a half. Yeah. All three of our main receivers healthy? Well, except and for Chris Hogan. Elite. Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. Yeah. Elite. I'm starting the Patriots defenses in a couple spots. I'm nervous because it is elite Joe Flacco. Yeah. Well, maybe. If it was Sam Darnold, I'd be quite comfortable. But elite Joe Flacco? Oof, I'm scared. Shivering in my boots. Yeah, well, hopefully Della Loggins realizes what, who his starting quarterback is and, use, and utilizes Chris Herndon and Ryan Griffin. That'd be nice. Although maybe Ryan Griffin, because Chris Herndon needs to get fired out of Trebuchet. <laughs> is that nice? No, it's not. But neither is constantly dropping the ball and fumbling. And not being available. Yeah. Well, I mean... That, that, that also yeah. possibly quantifies getting fired out of a trebuchet. It's more of a last season problem. At least he's here. But it just... It, yeah, it just hasn't... He's really here been. and just be useless. <laughs> anyway, so let's go into these games. Let's and we'll uh, start off with Denver and Atlanta. This game was actually kind of... I mean, this game, this game sucked for the first half. And got so a the first half, yeah. First half, of this game absolutely sucked. I'm surprised that it ended up as a seven-point game, but that's what a 21-point uh, a fourth quarter will do for the Denver Broncos. Um, buy or sell. If the Broncos are down big, the running backs are, wor- are useless or worthless. Mm-hmm. You actually kind of took mine. My buy or sell was the Broncos running backs are absolutely useless. So I guess they kind of fall on the same line. I get. I mean, I'm buying it. I mean, you just can't trust this Broncos offense in any way, shape, or form unless they're down by 21 points when you know it's going to be Tim Patrick, Noah Fant, Jerry Judy catching things in garbage time. And, you know, when they get there, Belvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay are completely useless. So, I mean, that's a buy for me, and, and it really – I don't know right now what I would pay if I was trading for a Melvin Gordon or a Phil Lindsay. I don't know what they're worth, quite oh, honestly. God. I don't think they're worth a lot, and uh, I'm just going through their schedule very quickly. At Las Vegas next week, at home versus Miami, at New Orleans – at Kansas City, at Carolina, at home versus Buffalo, at Los Angeles. Those are all really good rush defenses. That schedule is very meh. Yeah, it's very, very meh. I don't know where you would feel comfortable playing the Broncos running backs. I mean, Out of that, maybe against Carolina, maybe against Kansas City, may, maybe against Kansas City, and then maybe against Las Vegas next week. Yeah, I mean – Las Vegas did really well uh, against the Chargers, stopping the run. Well, the Chargers also were fielding Kalen Balaj as the hey, number one running back. I will not we'll take get to that. I will not take any Kalen Balaj slander. Oh, of course, Kalen Balaj was on your on your team for two weeks. Yeah, he barely. What's a play. jet? Always a jet. Yeah, you're right. That's why we can say we have like seven Hall of Famers, but it's just because like <laughs> Ronnie Lott played for us for two years. um i'm trying to see if i have a buy or sell for this game i feel like we talked about 
pretty much everything. Um, I mean, I guess buy or sell Olamide Zacchaeus' uh, automatic start going forward. I wish I hadn't cut us talking about it from the show on Friday. That was unfortunate. That was a bad move on your part. <laughs> well, I couldn't have, I couldn't have seen, uh, foresaw that Calvin Ridley was going to be inactive and Olamide Zacchaeus was going to have a big game and not Julio Jones or Russell Gage. Oh, Julio had a nice game. Okay. He scored. Yeah, he did score. That's all you're looking for. I mean, I'm selling it just because it's Olamide Zacchaeus. We've seen this. Really... We've seen this before. We've seen this movie yeah. before. Yeah, we have definitely seen this before, and I am not particularly interested um, in starting Olamide Zacchaeus. I will say though, as regards to uh, Julio Jones. He's had eight for 137 and two in week six, eight for 97 and no touchdowns week seven, seven for 137 week eight, and then five for 54 and a touchdown this week. They go on by next week, and then week 11, they're at New Orleans. So it's going to be a dud for Julio in New Orleans, but then week 12 at home versus Las Vegas. Expect him to post either seven or eight catches for 137 yards. Yep. Keeping uh, in flow with the pattern. The annoying thing. Or the sad thing about this game also is that Noah Fant uh, went off injured again. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's not good. No, not good at all. Absolutely not good. All right. And I don't know if there was, if there was a, um, an update on Noah Fant. At least I did not see one uh, upon first glance. Oh, okay. He, he eventually did come back into the game. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. He eventually came back. Saw a lot of that this week, actually. You have players coming off injured and then coming back into the game. So, a lot of big-name yep. players on that in that regard. All right, uh, next game. I'm sure you're very happy about this. It's Seattle at Buffalo. Would you like to go first? Adam, I want you to listen very closely. Very, very closely. By yourself. DK Metcalf is the new Eiffel Tower. It cannot be stopped at all costs. Bye. He's a great man. And we would like to thank DK for his service to the cause. Buy or sell. Devin Singletary has no role anymore in this Bills backfield. Sell. Sell. He has a role, but in terms of him being fantasy relevant, uh, no. No, he's not fantasy relevant. You, you can drop him. You can drop him and you can survive without him. Wow. Yeah. We have an, we have an how, Alex. Mm, yeah. How the mighty have fallen. Yes. We had an Alex Collins sighting. We did. We did have an Alex Collins sighting. That was a minor miracle. I am kind of surprised, honestly, that he would be. It's back in the, he's back in the league. His hair is still the same length as when he left. <laughs> Haircuts exist, Bird. He's not he's not been like in a cave somewhere. He might have been getting he might have gotten a nice trim. Who knows? Maybe. I would assume if it's the Maybe. same length. Hopefully. Hopefully. Um, do I have another buy or sell? Buy or sell. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are kind of like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin from last year. One can have a big week and the other won't. Bye. 
I feel like it's, yeah, it's, I don't, it's not every other, obviously, because it's not that, like the pattern isn't that, isn't that recognized, but yeah, it's like you have to predict which one Russell Wilson likes more in a, in a given week. Well, I think in terms of going up against the big body receiver or corners, excuse me, DK Metcalf is the guy. And in this one, DK Metcalf had a five-inch height advantage over Tredavious White, who is widely regarded as one of the best corners in the National Football League. So, of course, Russell Wilson was going to try and target that. I mean, who wouldn't when you have DK Metcalf, the Eiffel Tower himself, Megatron 2.0? I mean... That's easy. That's easy to pick that one out. Um, just for the sake of having a good laugh, shall we? I mean, anyone can look like Tremaine Johnson when they're covering the Washington Monument. True. That is true. You want to have a good laugh, Adam? Sure. Okay. I like, I like to laugh. I know you do. So DK Metcalf was taken in the second round of the 2019 draft. 64th overall, last pick in the second round. You know, I kind of don't like where this is going because I, I get PTSD no. every time somebody talks about the draft because I feel no, like no, they're no, no. Be You're okay. Big. The Jets are actually okay. They didn't have they didn't have a pick in the second round of this of that draft. Oh, that was but, the Sam Donald trade. I mean, uh, no, that was uh, was that the Sam Donald trade? Yes, it no, was. that was uh, that was uh, Quinn Williams, who you took in the in the first round, but it might have no, been no, the no. Sam Donald trade. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That was the trade. Yes. You want to hear the receivers who are taking over, over DK Metcalf? Yeah. 25th overall to the Baltimore Ravens, Marquise Hollywood Brown. 32nd overall to the New England Patriots, Nikhil Harry. 36th overall to the San Francisco 49ers, Debo Samuel. Uh, let's see. Ah. Second round, 51st overall, A.J. Brown. That was a good one. That was a good one. College yes. team at, at, at Ole Miss. 56th overall, the Kansas City Chiefs select Nicole Hardman. Could you imagine DK Metcalf with Patrick Mahomes? Well, you might as well just cancel the season and award the Chiefs the Super Bowl. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord Jesus. 57th overall. This one brings me such great joy. The Philadelphia Eagles select J.J. Ortega-Whiteside over D.K. Metcalf. Oh, wow. That brings so much joy to my heart. <laughs> and then 62nd overall. Oh, no, 59th overall, the Colts selected Paris Campbell over D.K. Metcalf. And then the Arizona Cardinals, division rivals, Arizona Cardinals, selected Andy Isabella over D.K. Metcalf. Two picks before D.K. Metcalf was taken. Wow. How shitty do those teams look? Pretty shitty. I would say so. I well, would frankly, say so. Frankly, I'm happy that the Patriots didn't pick DK Metcalf because the last thing we need is another great receiver in this division. That's true. That's true. I was trying to think of who the great receiver was in the division. I remember Stephon Diggs is there. Yeah. Did I say something blasphemous? No, you didn't. I'm not going to say Devontae Parker. I think you're going to say like Cole Beasley or something. Oh, Cole Beasley is just a great guy. We all know that. Receiver. We all know Cole Beasley is elite. Or we J- all know that. Or Jameson Crowder. Please. Jameson Crowder. That's disgraceful. 
whatever. What are you telling me now? Braxton Berrios? No. Oh, no, sorry. Brashad Perryman? Had his career revitalized because of Jameis Winston. Yep. Speaking of which, we're actually talking about his former team. His first team. His first team. Oh, I have to say, like, are we just jumping all over the map? No, his first team. Ah, okay. The Ravens uh, going to Indianapolis. This game was in doubt for a bit, for a short bit, basically at halftime. But, uh, yeah, the Ravens pulled away. Buy or sell. Lamar Jackson is not a guaranteed start every single week like he was last year. Why? I told you I was. I would have sat Lamar Jackson. I I said that on Friday's program. That I would have sat Lamar Jackson for a better option. I believe I also said that I would have started Ben Roethlisberger over Lamar Jackson. Did I not? You did. Well, there you go. Uh, it, again, it really just depended on who you had, and, and who you could have started. I also said I would have started Justin Herbert over Lamar Jackson. How'd that pan out? Panned out pretty well. I I have a follow up by yourself for this. Sure. Lamar Jackson's only upside now, as of the as of right now is rushing upside. Oh, bye, 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 bye. Yeah, he he can't throw a football for shit, and it's actually quite scary. It's scary for all the weapons that he has, the receivers and Mark Andrews and Nick Boyle. I mean, what the hell is going on with Mark Andrews and Nick Boyle? It's ridiculous. They have no value. Hollywood Brown, Mark Andrews, they have no value. The only only player that I could see in this offense having a little bit of value is J.K. Dobbins. Oh, that's a, a tiny bit. He didn't even score. Right. Gus Edwards scored. Yeah. So I don't know what the hell you'd do with this Ravens offense. I think that the window to trade Lamar Jackson for a haul is gone. I really think Lamar Jackson going forward, you're talking about him being low-end QB1. You're talking about him being in the range of Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, if he's healthy. Aaron Rodgers is higher than that. He's not a low-end QB1. Well, he's in that range. He's like Aaron Rodgers the rest of the season is like a top 10 play. Yes. Maybe a little higher than that. That's the range we're talking about, like the 8 to 12 range. That's, that's like the top okay. 10 range. So he's kind of in there. But if you're going about who I would rather have, I sure as shit would rather have Kyler Murray. I sure as shit would rather have Josh Allen. Definitely would rather have Deshaun Watson. Would rather have Aaron Rodgers. I'd rather have Ben Roethlisberger. The real interesting one, honestly, after last night, I'm not so sure anymore, but before last night, The really interesting one could have been Lamar Jackson and Tom Brady. That would have been a discussion that I would have loved to have heard before Tom Brady laid mega national television. Again. Again. Yep. It brings joy to my heart. I'm sure you were distraught. No. Joy. Joy, bro. I I know. I said, I'm sure you were distraught over seeing Tom Brady lay an egg on national television. Throw three interceptions. I'm sure you loved every second of it. Spent most of the game on his back. Yeah, no, it was pretty fun. Jeez. And we'll get to that game. We'll get to that game. I don't want to talk about it right now. Buy or sell. 
And this is this is one that I, I want you to take into deep, serious consideration. I bet this is Buy even a sell. serious question. This is a very serious question. Buy or sell. Front of the podcast. Front of the podcast. Hunter Henry? No, 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 no. The Basin Talk Podcast Weatherman, Jared Fagiano. Okay. Great guy. Family man. Loyal. Almost to a fault. Buy or sell, Jared. Our Basin Talk Podcast Weatherman is a fucking idiot. For starting Philip Rivers over Ryan Tannehill. Listen, I'm, not, I'm usually not a fan of pub, of just publicly <laughs> airing somebody. You're not a fan of public slander. Yeah, this is like I feel. No, I can't. I can't do this. Go for it. You Come on, Adam. Name names. I mean, yeah, it's not a it's not a smart move. It isn't. Ryan Tannehill had 14.3 points. Philip Rivers had seven. Granted, it was also a 14 team league. Options were thin. Tannehill's playing the Bears. I get it. But it is Philip Rivers in the year of our Lord, 2020. Are you out of your mind, Jared? And I'm talking to you directly. Are you out of your mind? We had a whole argument about this yesterday. And I was getting ready to just leap across the couch and choke him. No wonder you're doing this. You're being so vindictive right now. No wonder. Well, because I'm trying to make sure that I'm not being out of touch. No. What? In this scenario, you're starting Phillip Rivers against the Ravens' defense also? That's what I said. That's exactly what I said. I said, what difference does it make? Tannehill's playing the Bears. Rivers is playing the Ravens. Who's the better quarterback right now? Adam, answer the question, please. Ryan Tannehill. Thank you. That's all I needed to hear. I wouldn't start prime Phillip Rivers against this Ravens' defense. Would he still be in Indianapolis or would he be in San Diego? Slash Los Angeles. That's that's a rabbit hole I don't want to go down because that, that, is, that like, is a deep rabbit hole. We I won't even touch that. Let's move on swiftly. I'm just saying, Phil. Like this Ravens defense is really good, and I'm it's old, very good. And I'm not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't take it lightly. That's Here, I I actually I actually have one more before we can uh, we can move on because I I did want to touch on that Ravens defense. Uh, buy or sell the Ravens defense is not coming out of your lineup for the rest of the year. Buy. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm buying it as well. Uh, at New England, by the way. Yeah, okay. At New England next week, then at home versus Tennessee, at Pittsburgh, and then just listen to the stretch run. It, it, it's just fucking gorgeous. At home versus Dallas on Thursday night, at Cleveland, at home versus Jacksonville, at home versus the Giants. Jimmy Christmas. That is something. That schedule is absolutely sexual. Yeah. I can't, I can't say that. <laughs> no, <laughs> just wasn't expected. I, I, could say, I could say it in a real nice, suave voice if you want me to. No, it's fine. So, that schedule is absolutely sexual. that make you feel uncomfortable? A little. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> kind of feel like I have to go take another shower. Hey, Adam, I am a voice talent. It's what we do. We're able to adjust to certain conditions. And you're an expert at making people feel really uncomfortable? Yep. <laughs> hey, I, I, when we get to the, uh, the Bucks saints game, I'll give you my impression of the referee from last night. It's one of the best impressions that I do. All right. I'm looking forward to it. It's a nice it's, tease. It's a, little, it's a little tease for the end of the show. So they do it. That's how they do it in the, uh, in the radio business. And maybe, maybe side by side with that. I'll do a little Jamie Carragher, maybe. Fun stuff. I'm sure people have been uh, giving you a lot of props for your Jamie Carragher. 
it's beautiful. It's 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 one of the best. I mean, our our listeners have been, you know, because they're they're big fans. I see. even Jamie, even Jamie Carragher would be very impressed. Yep. All right. I aim uh, to please the people. Yes. Next game, Houston at Jacksonville. Uh, the interesting thing about this game, um, Doug Marone in the in the post game, he said that Gardner Minshew is is still not throwing, like at all, and so there isn't really a decision that's going to be made on who's going to be starting next week. So, I would like to personally apologize to Jake Luton. 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 Is it Luton or Luton? Luton. Luton. Lutton. Whatever his name is. <laughs> I honestly – they were going through it yesterday on another program who – no free advertising. And one of the uh, members on this program still did not know what – his name was, and I was trying to figure it out. I thought it was Luton, Jake Luton. That's what I said on Friday. That yeah, was Jake Luton. But apparently, there's many different ways about how you could say uh, his name. So I'll have to learn how to say his name for uh, for either tomorrow's program, waiver show, or Friday's program. So I'll figure it out. Well, th- this is a story that is continuing to develop. So stay tuned. Okay. So I think. Jake, Jake Luton, Jake will be starting. Jake L. Jake, Mr. L, Jake L. Mr. L. Hey, did you see um, the last couple of weeks, the Broncos tight end whose last name I cannot say for the life of me. They've oh. been calling him Albert O. It's Okwegbunam. Because I had to do it. Sure, that. Yeah. Because I, I didn't know how to say it. But I listened to the uh, Broncos broadcast, I think it was two weeks ago, because I was working that game, getting the highlights. I was like, oh, so that's how you say it. I just got around to finally figuring out how to say uh, DJ Uyunglele. I I finally figured that one out, the Clemson heir apparent to Trevor Lawrence. So to say Albert O's name is going to be a tough one for me to say. I'm going to look this up. So why don't you just run through this game and then – and then I will uh, I'll give you a little audition as to uh, if I could say this name or not. Okay. Well, it's like, a, it's like how I don't I'm – I'm still not clear on how to pronounce LaVisca Chenault's name. If it's Chenault. It's LaVisca Chenault. Oh, it is Chenault. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you, you say the T. Got it. Because I was thinking it would be like Re- – oh, I guess Renault, the car, the car maker. Yeah. Is, yeah. Okay. There you go. Anyway, uh, so for this game – Buy or sell? DJ Chark is quarterback proof. Sell. Sell, because I think even with Garner Minshew, he really wasn't playing that well. I think this really just came up against a really bad defense in Houston and finally torched them. We went through this a couple weeks ago when the game was in Houston that DJ Chark should have gone off, and he didn't. He had three catches on, on the day. So... I'm not going to say that he's quarterback proof, but I will say that this was a really good performance from anybody that owned DJ Chark and was looking for a bit of something after the last couple of weeks. He's been very, very hot and cold. I would say even say the last three weeks, he's been downright terrible, 4.6, 11.5, 3.6. So you were looking for a nice bounce back somewhere, and you definitely got it. His uh, most yardage output for the season, 146 yards on seven receptions and 12 targets as well. So good day for uh, for 
DJ Chark. And yeah, I mean, I would keep him in my lineup for sure. Um, okay. I think I have it. I okay. think. I think. Oku Ebunam. Oku Ebunam. No, it's Okwegbunam. Okwebunam? Okwegbunam. I think there's a G there. Oh, there is a G. Shit. Okwegbunam. Albert Okwegbunam. Jesus Christ. I can't say it. Albert Okwegbunam. There you go. Albert Okwegbunam. Now you got to practice that. Say it, say it 10 times in a row without stuttering before you Fuck go to bed. You. <laughs> Fuck you. No, not Albert, now. Albert Okwegbunam. There you go. No, the practice. Like before you. What happens on this program? I, we have moved on from Dare Ogumulale, so now we're able to say Albert Ogwebunam. There you go. Look at what this program does. What is this, the Base Talk Podcast Fantasy Show or Hooked on Phonics? I've never, I don't know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the difference. Me neither. I, I, I can't tell. I cannot tell. It's my turn to go by yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Let's see. We could, I could talk about David Johnson, but he had a concussion, and that's not, that's not really fair. Buy or sell. Both Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks are startable going forward. I'm selling it. I still I think Will Fuller is the only startable option for, for the Texans as far as receivers are concerned. Yep, I agree with you. I agree with you. Brandon Cooks has had two big games the entire year. Both have come against Jacksonville. So I want to see it happen against somebody else before I'm willing to say that Brandon Cooks is startable. It's hard to get over putting up a zero also. Correct. Correct. So, I mean, if you started Brandon Cooks, given his history against Jacksonville, then, uh, then, then good for you. Unfortunately, um, you only, they, the Texans only play Jacksonville twice a year. Right. But, I mean, I, I'm, I'm actually looking at the last couple of weeks for, uh, for Brandon Cooks. They haven't been that bad. I, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Nine for 68 and a touchdown week six in Tennessee. Seven for 60 against Green Bay. And then three for 83 and a touchdown on nine targets, nine targets, nine targets, and 12 targets. So, you know, I'm actually going to take that back. I, I'm actually going to say bye. Isn't it more of an indictment on Brandon Cooks that he's getting all these targets, but he just isn't doing a lot with it? I think Cooks right now is he's kind of like a high end wide receiver three, if not bordering on a low end wide receiver two. I don't want to get him confused with Will Fuller. Will Fuller's number one in this offense, scored again. Will Fuller's the guy. Will Fuller's the guy in this offense. Will Fuller will be a consistent top 20 play, right? Yeah. I think Brandon Cooks is kind of like a top 30 ish play. Where most weeks, given the matchup, I could definitely put him inside my top 20. Like I did this weekend. I had Brandon Cooks as my 18th receiver this weekend with Will Fuller being my number 11 receiver. So really, it's, it's so situational with Brandon Cooks and what his matchup's going to be. Will it be in garbage time? You know, thing, things like that. But a very, very good showing the last couple of weeks from, from Brandon Cooks. And I think that you know, I take back what I said about him not being startable, him and Will Fuller. I think they both are. I think really? they're finally getting something out of Brandon Cooks. They traded a second-round pick for him. 
So it's not like he's going to go and just not be used. They well, have to use it. Isn't there anymore? So true, but the guy that that did it wasn't getting the best out of him. No, they fired. They fired O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. Romeo Cornell comes in, and now Brandon Cooks is playing well. It's true. No, that, so, that yeah. But I think I still think that I don't know. I still wouldn't be necessarily comfortable with starting Brandon Cooks on a week-to-week basis just by the fact that well, he's not the number one. Well, being comfortable to start Brandon Cooks is one thing, but you know, it to, to say that you're not comfortable starting him because he's not the number one, are you not comfortable with starting Calvin Ridley when he's not the number one in Atlanta? Well, that's that's a different situation, I feel like. I don't think it's number one, number two in Atlanta. I think okay. it's a 1A and 1B. Okay, are you not comfortable starting Tyler Lockett when DK Metcalf is the number one in Seattle? Uh, are you not comfortable starting Christian Kirk when DeAndre Hopkins is the number one in Arizona? That's not what I mean. Okay, I, then I'm confused as to what you are saying. I'm just saying that I was get. I mean, I said that he's not the number one, and he isn't. But I'm saying that you know that Will Fuller is going to be is going to get more out of the offense than Brandon Cook than Brandon Cooks is. And at this point in Brandon Cooks' career, he's not going to give you the kind of fantasy production that you might be looking for out of a startable option, especially in a shallow league. I disagree. I wholeheartedly disagree. I think Brandon Cooks is actually very, very startable. I mean, and you talk about his age. He's 27 years old. No, I didn't say his age. I said at this point in his career. He's been in the league for a while. Will Fuller's 26. Brandon Cooks is 27. Brandon Cooks is also, we've seen him do this before. We've seen Brandon Cooks be really, really good when push comes to shove. And he's in an offense that quite frankly, he's in a great position to produce, actually, because the Texans are not very good. They're going to be down in games, and they're going to be throwing the ball left, right, and center. That's why I think Will Fuller is very startable. I was dead wrong on Will Fuller. I'm very happy that Me too. I am. Brandon Cooks, you could start him the rest of the way, no problem. Deshaun Watson, hell yes. Deshaun Watson, for me, rest of the season is top five play. Yeah, well, unfortunately, they don't play Jacksonville anymore. No, they do not play Jacksonville anymore. That so is basically they're going to go two and fourteen. Um, I don't know about that. <laughs> if this season, if this is anything to go by, because they're all they're only wins so far against the Jacksonville Jaguars. They play Cleveland, New England, Detroit, Indianapolis, Chicago, Indianapolis again, and then Cincinnati, and then Week Seventeen they play Tennessee. So oh, they're going to get a win. They'll probably beat Indianapolis once. Yeah. Probably Cincinnati. Also. We're out of Cincinnati. Uh, speaking of two, two games that are on Texas schedule. Cincinnati didn't play this week, but we're out of Cincinnati. No, they did not play this week. Very uh, sadly. The next game we were talking about is the Bears going up against the Titans. This is uh, another one of those games where – uh, where you had to wonder... Wanted to claw your eyes out as you were watching it? Yes. Where you had to wonder 
what kind of, where, which basement are you keeping Allen Robinson in for the first half? Well, you know what? Again, and it, it actually goes right in line with my buy or sell. So I'm just going to throw it out there. Buy or sell, Allen Robinson continues to be the most underrated fantasy player this season. I'm buying it just because he's the only player that can have this much success with this, with this bad a quarterback. Adam, I completely agree with you. I completely – we've gone from completely disagreeing to completely agreeing. Welcome that, to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Absolutely. This is the way it should be instead of us agreeing on everything. Allen Robinson is getting this done, half of it with Nick Foles and then half of it with Mitchell Trubisky. And we're talking about Allen Robinson. For, for me, I have Allen Robinson as a top 12 play the rest of the way. I had him coming into the season, my number five receiver. Hasn't lived up to that, but if we're taking, you know, standard deviation aside, he'll probably be in the top 12 range, which for me is a fantastic finish for someone like Allen Robinson. So he continues to get it done every single week. This guy just puts up 15 points. It's incredible. And if, if you're looking, if you drafted him, and I think this is where the conversation kind of shifts because I know some people are really annoyed with Allen Robinson. If you drafted Allen Robinson to be your number one receiver and you listened to me and draft him, drafted him number five, number five overall, I'll take responsibility for that. But if you were able to get Allen Robinson as your second receiver and you were able to pair him with a guy like Tyreek Hill, you were able to pair him with a guy like Mike Evans, let's say. You were able to pair him with a guy such as Devontae Adams or Julio Jones or even Calvin Ridley. Allen Robinson is a fantastic, fantastic number two receiver. He's not a guy that'll get 35 points like a Devontae Adams will or a Julio Jones will. Or, or Calvin Metcalf. Ridley will, or Tyreek Hill will. But is he a guy that's going to get you 15 points every single week and will give you the baseline for what you need to win on most weeks? Yes. Yes. He will absolutely be that guy. So it's about managing expectations and just understanding the kind of receiver that Allen Robinson is and understanding that, for me at least, my philosophy when it comes to fantasy football is the floor is much more important than the ceiling. That's for me. I know many people are different with that. There are people that love the 35-point weeks and will take the 35-point weeks with the three-point weeks. But for me, give me 15 points every single week, and I'm fine with that. I don't need the 30-point explosion. Give me 15 points from every position every single week. That's 140 points. Odds are it's good enough. If we're taking the defensive kicker into the consideration – and we're saying that's 10 points that you're getting from them. You do all the positions in standard leagues. The way I did it was for three receivers, but when you take the three receivers and you add the defense and the kicker, 15 points for the skilled positions and 10 points for defense and kicker, that's 140 points. That's good enough to win most weeks in a full-point PPR league. Yep. Well, here's a, a quote that you could put on a T-shirt. You can't win fantasy weeks based on potential. True. It's based on what you actually do on the field. Right. And it all goes back to that discussion of having the weeks of 35 and then having the weeks of three or four. What if that week of three or four is in week 14, your first round of fantasy playoffs? 
Are you going to be comforted? Are you going to be comforted by somebody saying, well, you know, he could have gone off for, for 20 points. Like, well, you know, I wish he had. Well, he won you a week last week to get you into the playoffs, but this week he just didn't perform for you. Sorry. Listen. That's a consolation. That sucks. How many players have we talked about over the course of this season and the required radio fantasy show where it's, when is this play, when is X player going to get back to form? Countless. So Countless. And there are so many players that we talk about leading up into drafts and leading up into, and like talking about on the waiver show where we say, where we upgrade players based on their floor. We talk about their floor. We, where you can make, you can make a player that may not seem as enticing as like Austin Eckler and kind of sell him to somebody based on his floor. And for fantasy, having that guaranteed points is, is really good because then it kind of balances out the, the volatility of a given fantasy week. Adam, you made a very good point. I want to make this point before we move on. Yep. Because you're taking a lot of time on this, but I think it's important. I think this is something that is worth talking about. When I do my ranks for weekly, when I do it you know, pre-draft, the way that I do it is it all comes down to how I feel about a certain player. And that is with projections, that is with considering their situations, all of that. It's crunching numbers and then making adjustments based on how I feel about those numbers. When it comes to floor versus ceiling, I always give consideration to the ceiling, obviously. But the floor for me is so much more important. So that's why when I had a guy like Allen Robinson ranked as number five coming into the season, this was a guy that I said was going to be a thousand, a thousand, maybe 1100 yard receiver who gets you six, seven touchdowns. That's terrific. Do I think he would finish as a number five receiver given that you have? Devontae Adams is doing what he's doing or Julio Jones doing what he's doing. No, but fact of the matter is I did have Devontae Adams and Julio Jones ranked above Allen Robinson. Tyree Kill, I had ranked above Allen Robinson. Michael Thomas, I had Michael Thomas as my number two overall player coming into the season. So it all comes down to just, you know, how you feel about certain players and when you rank them. And if there was anybody who took Allen Robinson number five and said, oh, he has to be, you know, the number five receiver to finish the year. No, that's not how it works coming in. It's just how I feel about certain guys. And it's my job to project that and tell you how I feel. And, you know, certain calls work, certain calls don't, but I think the Allen Robinson call actually was a fantastic one, even though he won't be a top five receiver. Will he still be top 12? Yeah, absolutely. And even though you may have taken him as If you took him as a fifth receiver, then maybe you're not as happy. But if you took him as the 10th, 11th receiver, and I told you to do that when I had him as number five, you're very happy. You're you're very happy with what he's doing. Yeah. No, definitely. Uh, One thing before we move on, do you think the Bears might – what do you think the situation for the Bears would be at running back if David Montgomery can't suit up next week? Although, are the Bears on a bye or no? I think they're playing. I thought they were playing. Yeah, no, they are playing. They yeah, are I, thought, playing. I thought they were playing. They're playing on Monday. So, if he can't, no. if he can't play on Monday against the, uh, against the Vikings, next Monday against the Vikings, 
Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned to find out. I mean, I, I don't know. Honestly, I, I don't know. Cordero Patterson, maybe? Well, that's what I was thinking. I mean, would the Bears bring in somebody for a week or maybe just promote somebody from the practice squad? I mean, it's, it's entirely possible. I mean, I just don't know. I'm just looking up what the Bears running back situation is right now outside of uh, Montgomery. They have Ryan Nall, who did score right. yesterday, oh, I, but, has, yeah. but has exactly zero carries on the year. Yeah. So. We had four catches. Oh, okay. Well, Adam. Yes. They do have someone in the practice squad. An old friend of ours. Someone that we would talk about a whole lot on the required radio fantasy show. And we might be talking about once again on the Baseball Talk podcast. Fantasy show. Oh, no. Oh, my. Lamar Miller. Oh, my God. Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller. He is the clear-cut backup right now. Well, that that is something. That is fascinating. That is newsworthy. I thought, well, I guess he got cut by New England all those weeks ago. Yeah, he did. So. Fascinating. Uh, Anyway, let's move on to uh, Kansas City and Carolina. Oh, Christian McCaffrey, please be okay. Yeah, I know. Please be okay. I have an update on that if you want me to give it. I do. Okay. So this is just what I heard. And I don't know if it's true, um, but I was able to corroborate this actually with um, Pro Football Doc on Twitter, uh, Dr. Chow. So I'm going to give him full credit for this. So definitely go give him a follow. He's actually one of the better follows that there is because if there's an injury, he will be addressing it literally right on the spot. So he did it yesterday with uh, the Big Ben injury, with the Kyle Allen injury, which was gruesome, and the McCaffrey injury as well. And basically what he said, which I found very interesting, was people were talking about it being a rib injury, rib injury, rib injury. He said right away that it was a shoulder injury, which nobody was talking about. But, of course, then reports came out this morning that it was, in fact, a shoulder injury for for Christian McCaffrey. He made it through basically 27 plays, and on the 27th play is when he hurt the shoulder. From what I understand – McCaffrey can play through the injury from what I've been told. But with the way that the Panthers were so conservative with McCaffrey and the ankle and how that all shaped up, it's entirely possible that McCaffrey misses one or two weeks. It it, it is entirely, entirely possible. But Dr. Chow was saying that it is entirely possible that Christian McCaffrey gets an injection and he's playing on Sunday. So it really just depends on what happens when he goes to see the doctors and gets the MRI that he is scheduled to receive. But it's not a, it's not a surgery-related issue. It, nothing's torn or anything like that. It is a collarbone-related injury. It's a, it's a joint sprain, I believe is what they were calling it. And – the recovery time on this at the maximum is two to three weeks. Well, I mean, going by what Ava Kamara did 
last uh, last Sunday night, yesterday last night, I think the Christian McCaffrey will be chomping at the bit to play against the Buccaneers next week. Well, it's actually very funny because Christian McCaffrey has a history of not playing well against Tampa Bay. Interesting. That's like his kryptonite. Really? Yeah. It's like Tom Tampa Brady Bay. against Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that Christian McCaffrey historically has not played very well against Tampa Bay. Um, buy or sell, and this is all hinging on McCaffrey being out, but buy or sell. Curtis Samuel's a must start. I'm buying it. He seems like he's not the number one receiver, but it's almost like he's overtaking DJ Moore here in this offense. And frankly, for people who drafted DJ Moore, probably pretty high, they're probably kicking themselves. I know a lot of people who are really nervous about DJ Moore because this was a game where they were they were up for a large part of it, sure. But even when they were down, DJ Moore just wasn't getting the ball. It was Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson's looking like the number one in this offense. DJ so, Moore got three targets in this game. Right. And he oh. caught all three. No, he caught two. He had, he had two receptions. Okay. Yep. What do you do? Because I don't think he's got any value. I mean, he does based on name value alone, sure. But I don't know. I have no idea, but Curtis Samuel, like Samuel, Curtis Samuel, you have to play. Yeah, he, he he is an automatic start, especially if Christian McCaffrey is out. Especially if McCaffrey is out. Yeah. Uh, by yourself, Clyde Ridzelaire is back being a top ten running back. Um, well, he didn't really do much on the ground. Nope. He. No, we did not. Touchdown kind of saved his day. Because he only had three catches for 20 yards. So I'm going to sell that. I mean, maybe this is – what's the – was like – is a negative game script for Christian for uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because the Chiefs weren't like – weren't up big in this game. They were constantly trying to fight for the lead, which is why Tyreek Hill got 18 fucking targets in this game. 18 targets. Yeah. And Travis and Kelsey Clyde, got 12. Clyde Edwards-Alaire had eight touches in this game. Eight. Yeah. That would look even worse if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers didn't shatter the NFL record for fewest rushing attempts in a game. But we'll get to that. Uh, four carries. Four carries. Oh, my God. I hate Tom Brady so much. <laughs> hate Bruce Arians. No, I hate he, Tom Brady. He, he hates running backs. Hmm. I'm trying to think of – well, you know what? Let's do this, actually. I was going to just rattle off who I would rather have over Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but let's go comparison shopping, shall we? It's a lot who of says we can, Who says we can't go comparison shopping on a Monday? Fuck it. Okay. So I'm assuming – that we have – we all like Dalvin Cook. We all like Alvin Kamara. We all love McCaffrey, Henry, James Conner, or Clyde Rizalaire. James Conner. Okay, me too. James Robinson or Clyde Rizalaire. James Robinson. I agree with that as well. Antonio Gibson or Clyde Rizalaire. Oh, God damn it. I don't like both of them. I don't like both of them. 
Can I go? If I had to pick one with mutually assured destruction. <laughs> if I had to pick one, I would say Clyde Edwards Alaire. I would one. too. Just because with Alex Smith at quarterback now, I'm not crazy about Antonio Gibson. Fair. And Fair. also Antonio Gibson had that fumble. The- How about this one? This will be the last one that we do before we move on. Clyde Edwards Alaire or Ezekiel Elliott? I'd rather have Ezekiel Elliott. I would rather have Ezekiel Elliott as well. And we'll, we'll, we'll get to that Cowboys game. That, that Cowboys game, actually, there was a lot to talk about from that game, which I thought was, uh, was very, very interesting. But we'll, we'll get to that. By the way, happy bye week. Next happy week. bye week. Yeah, next week. Both of our teams are on bye. Thank God. There will be a Sunday where I won't have to be disappointed watching the Dallas Cowboys. Ah, wonderful. I know, right? Hey, do you know the Dallas Cowboys right now are the number three pick in the draft? They're going to be picking number three. Let's go Jacksonville. How awesome would it be if you're picking number one and we're picking number two? That'd be sick. I know, right? That would almost be as good as us facing off against each other in the Super Bowl. Almost. Almost. Trade the pick, Dallas. Don't take Justin Fields. Trade the pick. Can you? Jerry Jones like, looks like I just got an out to not sign Dak Prescott. Well, he would have that out if it was uh, Trevor Lawrence. Could you imagine Dallas Cowboys get number one overall and they just happen to take Trevor Lawrence? Dak Prescott's like, am I a joke to you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I would do. If the Cowboys are taking number one overall, trade that pick. Trade it. But can you imagine Trevor Lawrence in that offense? That's like, that would be the new Herschel Walker trade. You would be insufferable. If Trevor Lawrence was a Cowboy? Yeah. Oh, my God. You'd be even more insufferable than before. Oh, my God. Which I didn't think was possible. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I love Dak. I love Dak. But, oh, my God. <laughs> there would be a lot of people who love Trevor Lawrence. That would be so unhappy. <laughs> I would be absolutely livid. Hey, it's okay. You could, you could have Justin Fields. No. I don't want Justin Fields. I want Trevor you Lawrence. I want Justin Fields. Justin Fields is a great guy. Yeah, but he's not Trevor Lawrence. Honestly, I want Joe Douglas to trade the pick also, but he just, he's not going to fucking do that. No, no, he won't. All right. Next game. Uh, Next game. Funny story. We were uh, talking about the NFC East. It's funny they mentioned Antonio Gibson because we're talking about Giant, the Giants going up against Washington. Uh, buy or sell. Terry McLaurin is the only fancy relevant player in this Washington offense. Oh, bye. No, no, sell. Sell. Antonio Gibson. Still? Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would say that he is. Yeah. I, do okay. I love him? No. But is he fantasy relevant? And can he be – is he a top 24 guy rest of the way? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. There are people that have Antonio Gibson as a top 12 guy rest of the way. I'm actually I'm, – I'm pretty low on Antonio Gibson compared to everybody else. So um, I wouldn't be the guy to really talk to about Antonio Gibson as to what he can be the rest of the way because I will be uh, – first one, I'm not an Antonio Gibson guy just because it's Washington, and they're going to be terrible. Yeah, well, I mean, me neither, honestly, because I don't really like Antonio Gibson at this point. 
What would happen if the New York Giants actually win the NFC East? Uh, heat death in the universe. This is like the year the Giants need a first round, like a, a, a high end first round pick too. If the Giants ha- are are six and ten, and get a home playoff game, Danny Dimes in the playoffs? No. Like, no. They'd be even. They'd be even more insufferable than they already are. No, 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 no. Please, no. <laughs> no. Please, no. You said please. Please. I mean, unless by that point I am Adam Gaze doesn't get fired. I'm a Giants fan. Then yes, yes, please, yes. True. Uh, that, that is true. But that hopefully true. Adam Gaze gets fired after this game. Buy or sell. Here's one for the New York Giants. Buy or sell. Evan Ingram is a startable tight end. Again, the rest of the way. Um, that's kind of a meh for me, just because Evan Ingram just still has a case, still has like a horrible case of the yips. It's just he scored. He did score. Yeah, was that his first touchdown? Evan Ingram, Evan Ingram's looked really good the past couple of weeks, and yeah, it was his first. It was his first receiving touchdown of the year. Yes. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he had a rushing touchdown. Right, and he would have he would have had one on the uh, on the fake field goal attempt that they didn't call it back due to a penalty. Yeah, so that would have been his third if it held up due to a penalty. Um, I mean, Evan Ingram, for the most part, he's been actually doing the business the last couple of weeks, very very quietly, and his targets are up nine, ten, and ten targets over the course of the last three weeks. It's just the touchdowns that really need to come for him, but you know, I think overall. I'm looking at his schedule the rest of the way. It's it's not bad. At Cincy, at Seattle, at home versus Arizona, at home versus Cleveland, and at Baltimore. So the only the one Philly that really – The Philly game next week. You forgot to mention that. Oh, did I not say the Philly game? I apologize. Yeah, yeah. The, Philly, the Philly game at, at MetLife next week. Yep. So, I mean, the schedule's not terrible for Evan Ingram. I just don't know if I would start him against Baltimore in fantasy championships if you get there. But the rest of that – it looks all right. It looks all right. I guess Joe Judge is starting to slowly trust him again. I just think that Daniel Jones has been looking for an opportunity to really get him the ball, and it just really hasn't happened. But over the course of the last three weeks, it, it is starting to to happen. And, you know, fair play to him because he's, he's stayed healthy, and that was, again, that was the number one concern with Evan Ingram was that if he could stay healthy, he can produce. And I think going forward, you have to say he's a top 12 uh, tight end. Fire sell. Wayne Gallman is a startable running back going forward. Sell. Sell. None of these New York Giants running backs are startable. I listened to a lot of phone calls on the postgame show on my way home, on my way over to work from all the Giants fans saying, this guy, Wayne Gallman, he's a great running back. Oh, this guy Wayne Gallman in the running the running back for the New York Giants. Wayne great, Gorman. great player. Wayne Wayne Gallman and Alfred Morris need to be they need to keep this tandem for the entire season. I love I love what I'm seeing out of these guys. He's a good kid. Hey, uh, hey, this guy, this guy, Jason Garrett, needs to be playing Wayne Gallman every single every single week. Him and Alfred Morris. Just continue to play him. They look great carrying the ball for Daniel Jones and the New York football giants. You know, 
Wayne Gallman is actually on an expiring contract. Oh, they need to pay Wayne Gallman too. Give him all the cash. All the dollars. That's basically what Bob Papa said on the post game also, but but not with Just the give him all the dollars. Accent. Give him now, all the dollars. New York accent notwithstanding. But that's basically what he said. He said they need to they need to think about bringing Wayne Gallman back because you can't, you can't play Saquon Barkley all the time. And you sure. need to have a backup. And Wayne Goldman is that. Well, I think we've we've learned now that uh, Saquon Barkley's days of being a true bell cow, where he's getting all of that work, are probably dead and buried. And we we've learned that from guys like Todd Gurley. We've learned that from guys to an extent like Ezekiel Elliott. That if you just continue to use and abuse them with running backs, they're going to wear down. So well, you, they don't make it's, it, like okay. It's important to have a change of pace. Yes. You think that we will learn that sooner with Steven Jackson and Matt Forte. True. And Frank, well. And David Johnson. And David Johnson. Yeah. David Johnson had one year where he was the guy by himself. And and then after that, after that, how much else? You're right. Oh, uh, also, oh, crap. I really, I literally forgot this player played for the Cowboys and the Eagles. Running back, you know who you know. You remember? Played for the Cowboys and the Eagles. He breakout star of 2011. Demarco Murray. Yes, that's what, what about Demarco Murray? No, I'm saying he's the same. It's the same sort of thing with Demarco Murray, where he was running to the ground. True. Very, very, very true. That Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones just ran DeMarco Murray into the fucking ground. Yep. Well, thank you for that. Because I was like, how am I forgetting about DeMarco Murray? DeMarco Murray's a great guy. I love him. Yeah. Jamal Charles, too. Don't forget him. I have a mixed, mixed relationship with Jamal Charles. He's won me a couple fantasy championships, but then he's dogged me certain years as well. So it's, it's a mixed bag. Yeah. Well, let's finish this one o'clock hour because we have stuff to get. We have, st- we have shit to do. Sure, let's do it. Uh, the Vikings and the Lions. You know, here's a fun stat for you. They talked about this on the broadcast and in the post game. You know who the last Viking was to have a 200-yard rushing game? I'll give you a hint. He's on the other team. Adrian Peterson. Yes. What a shock. Yeah. Uh, by yourself, Dalvin Cook is going to finish the season as the number one fantasy running back. Hmm. Sell. Just because of the time that he missed. The one week at the end of the day might come back and and bite him. But he'll be close. He'll be close. He'll definitely be top five. No doubt. Um, But if if Alvin Kamara keeps producing at the rate he's producing. Alvin Kamara had a pretty civilized night for, for a change. But yeah, Dalvin Cook could definitely push top, being top three. But I don't know if he's going to finish uh, number one. Uh, buy or sell with potentially no Matt Stafford and no Kenny Galladay. No Detroit Lion is startable in fantasy. Um, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Well, first, I don't know if Matt Stafford's going to not play next week. He's... Well, they said he could, he could eat any clear concussion protocol. Yes. So there is the potential that he plays. So, but that's something to monitor. It's kind of like day to day. Well, right surprised now. that he played this week because we were all prepared for David Blau. David Blau. 
Yes. And he didn't even get a lick in this game. It was Chase Diggity. Daniel that came in uh, in relief of Matt Stafford. You just invited on yourself. You promised David. Blah! And we got Chase Daniel. Boo. Yeah. Wait, wasn't Ch- didn't Chase Daniel back up Trubisky last year? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Funny how that works. Then they brought in big appendage Nick. Yeah. This is a family program. Really? Big appendage Nick. Yeah. No, not that. You th- this is a f- re- you're gonna you're gonna draw this line in the sand now that this is a family program. This is a family show. Absolutely. Absolutely. With the shit that we say, no way. Absolutely. This is a family show. Fuck no. I can imagine that our listeners are sitting around the fire right now, enjoying some nice cognac, maybe a nice Cuban cigar as well, and listening to us talk about Chase Daniel and, of course, America's favorite quarterback, David. Blah! Yeah. Um, so to your question, if Matt Stafford does not play and it is Chase Daniel starting for the Detroit Lions, then you're right. The lines are just not worth looking at from a fantasy perspective. So there you go. I disagree to a point. I think TJ Hawkinson would, would be. Okay. TJ Hawkinson would be the rest. No, the rest. Did, no. He, did he catch the one? Did he catch the Jay, uh, Chase Daniel touchdown or was that Marvin Jones? It was TJ Hawkinson. Oh, there you go. Um, the interesting thing also. Uh, Irv Smith Jr. had a really good game. He yeah, had two, two he touchdowns. Two catches for two touchdowns and 10 yards. A feature on the Basement Talk podcast fantasy show, Waiver Wire Show. Yeah. Uh, we have an Amir Abdullah sighting. Talk about a – look at it. Wait. Gasp. You want to talk about revengeance? This, this was a revengeance game for Amir <gasps> We had a double revenge game. Yep. Amir Abdullah and Adrian Peterson. A double revenge game. Oh, yeah. my goodness. I know. In the week of our Lord, week nine, in the year of our Lord, 2020. Wow. Isn't that exciting? It is. Did we have any immaculate stat lines yesterday? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think we did. Disappointment. Week if, nine. Eternal damnation. If we did, then we haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah, I know. I know Ryan Nall was very was very close. He had one for four yards and a touchdown. Yeah, we were close to having a double with uh, with Irv Smith because he had two for ten and two touchdowns. Ah, oh, rats! Ah, oh, rats! Yeah. Uh, let's move on to four o'clock. Surely. So my first question for this, for you, for this, is: Was that a touchdown? At the end of the game, no, no. I, I, th- I, honestly, I thought he dropped the ball. It looked like to me that the ball never was the the process of completing the catch was never completed, and it was a really great play by Isaiah Johnson. A really, really good play. So for me, it wasn't a touchdown. I think the officials got it a hundred percent right. So fair play to uh, to the officials in that one. They they got it right, and the Raiders. Raiders are five and three. I know. Don't Unbelievable. look now. Believable. 
but the Raiders the Raiders are five and three, and they are four and one on the road. Unreal. Yeah. Unreal. How much are they gonna get absolutely pumped by Kansas City when they play each other? God, I hope I think that game is gonna be really good. I hope so. I really hope so. I have a feeling that unlike last year, when the Jets play the Raiders, it's not gonna be another it's not gonna be a blowout win for the Jets. I, I just have a feeling that it's not gonna be that way. Because this team is gonna be re- this team is really good. <laughs> Seems really, really good. I don't know if the Raiders are really good. I think they're good. I think they're definitely good. But are they a team that, you know, are gonna blow up the AFC and take out a Kansas City? Probably not. In a playoff game? Probably not. And a playoff game, that's true. But yeah. So for this game, um, it's funny because I was listening to the broadcast for work and Brent Musburger, who calls Raiders games on the radio, he was like, they were looking at the replay and they're like, well, and him and his, uh, and the color commentator were like, I think his name is Lincoln Kennedy. Uh, they were like, yeah, so it's a touchdown. It's a definitely a touchdown. And then there was just silence for a bit. And then Lincoln Kennedy was like, Hey, wait a minute. Did you just see that replay? It looks like he dropped the ball. And they're like, oh, my God. He did drop the ball. No touch. No catch. Raiders win. It is Lincoln Kennedy. Very good. Yeah. I just did, did a little fact check on you. Yeah, it is, uh, it is Lincoln Kennedy. Yeah, I, I did not think it was uh, it was a catch. So I think, I think the officials did get that one right. Yep. Another tough one for the Chargers. Oh, it was a, it's a really, really tough loss. Really tough loss because they could be it, it they're two plays away from being four and four versus two and six. I swear to God. I just feel so bad for Justin Herbert right now. It, I it, yeah. I have cut press conferences from Justin Herbert for the past couple of weeks, and you just feel horrible for the kid. He's just like, I really I just these losses are tough. I can't deal with this shit. <laughs> I just I don't, don't blame him. him. He's like, these losses are tough. We just got to go back and do it. It's always really hard. I'm like, oh, my poor baby. Please. Uh, we do have a breaking news update, Adam. And that is that Cleveland Browns running back Nick Chubb has been activated off of IR and is in line to play for the first time since week four. Well, that is fascinating. And we'll have to see if it is with Baker Mayfield or not. True. Very true. Because we could be seeing Case Keenum. Case, baby. The Case Keenum experience. Oh, it's not just for so corners. It's for, it's for quarterbacks, too. Yep. That's right. Did you want to do a buy? We didn't even do it by ourselves. Did you want to do it by yourself for uh, the for this game? For the Raiders and uh, Chargers? Buy or sell, Josh Jacobs is back to being a startable running back. Buy, I think. Yeah. He's inconsistent. He's, He's very inconsistent. Yeah. Maddening inconsistent. But uh, How much of that is the injury, though, you think? Oh, I think it has a big part to play in it, honestly. I, I think Josh Jacobs is definitely not 100%, and he could be a guy that we're talking about at the end of the year. Is, oh, this is a guy that was hurt for the entire season. 
Well, it's like the uh, the Odell Beckham thing, where it was like, oh, I was playing with a hernia for the entire season. Right. It's like, why didn't you tell anybody? <laughs> right. Exactly. So uh, you always hear that after playoff losses, you're like, well, I was playing right. through a broken finger and a and a torn labrum and a whatever. Right. And a pulled groin. Right. So I, 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 Josh Jacobs, you're starting every week. You know, it's not, that's not really changing. Um, but he's going to be maddeningly inconsistent. N- n- no doubt about it. Yeah, Philip Rivers can throw a touchdown on a torn ACL. Then what's your excuse? <laughs> uh, buy or sell. Kalen Balaj is a startable option as long as uh, Justin Jackson is out. Sell. So I don't want to touch any of these running backs, quite frankly. doesn't matter who it is. This is a mess. So let's move on to our next game. And this is – I don't think this is going to cause you as much pain as you thought it was. No. And it's the, it's the Steelers and the Cowboys. This game was close. Garrett Gilbert, baby. Scary close. Garrett Gilbert, what a guy. Listen, the Steelers play down in their competition all the time. Of course they do. They do. They lost to us last year. That's true. That's true. We lost to you too. That was a fun game. Anyway, that's true. But we, yeah, we we were terrible. That's true. We we beat we beat the Steelers. Anyway, uh, it was very scary seeing Ben Roethlisberger limping to the locker room at the end of the first half. My heart was in my ass, quite frankly. And honestly, I don't know if I was more scared that Ben, that ben Roethlisberger came back out again because I almost feared that he was going to make it worse. We've seen this, this narrative, though, 5,000 times where Big Ben looks like he's dead and comes back out and puts on a show. We, we, we've seen this before. And uh, Dr. Chow, Pro Football Doc on Twitter, said basically that – there was no ACL damage. That's not what it was. That if anything, he had sprained his MCL. I swear, if every time I hear, every time I see a player holding the back of his knee, I shudder. Yeah. 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 Basically, he said in the, in the press conference, in the postgame, he was like, yeah, somebody hit me in the knee. It happens. Um, I got checked out, and they said it was fine, so I went back out. That's kind of what it was. Yeah, you knew, you knew that if Ben Roethlisberger was going to be out, it was going to be something very, very, very serious. And yeah. that would have probably kissed the Steelers' playoff Super Bowl aspirations goodbye if it was going to be Mason Rudolph. But no, Steelers won the game. Cowboys' offense didn't look inept. This is the first time in Steelers' history that they're 8-0. Yeah. I think every, they said three of the last five times that a team has started 7-0, and they've ended up going to the Super Bowl. So, good sign for anybody who's a Steelers fan. Yep. Buy or sell. As long as Garrett Gilbert or Andy Dalton is the starter for Dallas, Amari Cooper will be just fine. Um, well, I think it's more Garrett Gilbert than Andy Dalton. Just because Garrett Gilbert, it seems, that had a – has had a better command of the offense than Andy Dalton has. 
I, I like Garrett Gilbert. I like what I saw from him. He just oh, yeah. he was playing with he was playing with house money. He is under the weight of no expectations. Bingo. I I really liked what I saw. And I did not start Amari Cooper. I wanted to see what he could do. And he looked all right. He looked all yeah. right. So I think Amari Cooper, we talked about as a low end wide receiver too for the rest of the way, but he's definitely startable. Yeah, I think so. I mean, would you had your would you have had your money on CD Lamb being the only Cowboy to get a touchdown in this game? No, <laughs> no. But it looked like the offense had some zip to it, which which was good. That's a good sign. Oh yeah, I think that. Okay, here's my buy or sell. Okay. The Cowboys running backs are going – it's going to be more of an even split sell. going forward. Sell. And that is because I think they're going to want to use Ezekiel Elliott more. I think Tony Pollard will get his touches, no doubt about it. But to say it's going to be a 55-45 or a 50-50 split, no, I don't think so. I think it, you might see something more of like a 65-35 split where you see Zeke playing every two – every you know, every drive and then Tony Pollard will get a drive here and there. But I think for the most part, it's Ezekiel Elliott's backfield and they'll use Pollard when they feel like they need to. Now, if Ezekiel Elliott is really hurt and the hamstring is not exactly a hundred percent, then we could be having a different conversation. Well, Tony Pollard looked better in this game than Zeke did. Well, it was apparent. Yeah. yeah. It definitely was apparent that Zeke was not a hundred percent. I mean, he had – I mean, Tony Pollard averaged 6.3 yards a carry. Yeah. And Zeke averaged 2.8. So and Tony Pollard – Tony Pollard, honestly, he could be starting on a lot of teams in the league. Yeah, like, no, I, he, did, I, I think for sure, for sure you could say that he'd be a starter on the Jets. No, yeah, definitely. Yeah. He would be. He'd be the starter in New England. Yeah. He would probably be the starter in San Francisco. He'd be a starter on the Giants, starter on the Bears. Probably. Over Saquon? No, well, this year. I mean. Oh, right now. Right now. Yeah, right there. now. Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, could he possibly be the starter in Houston or Atlanta? I don't think so. Yeah, it might, might be a stretch. Detroit? Detroit, definitely. Detroit. Yeah. Also, we need is more f- more fuckery in the Detroit Lions backfield. But sure, yeah, more fuckery. That's yeah. Chicago. Chicago. No, yeah, Chicago definitely. Chicago, no questions asked. Can you imagine? Yeah, a tandem yeah. between David Montgomery and Tony Pollard. I know who would win that battle. You love to would see it. Would be David Montgomery. Would he be? Would he start in Philadelphia? No, not over Miles Sanders. Sanders. No. Okay. No. 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 I wonder if he's going to be coming back next week against the Giants. We're going to see. All right. Uh, our penultimate game. It's the Dolphins against the Cardinals. Goody. This game was at, this game was really good. I think a lot of people probably thought this was going to be like the low point of the 4 o'clock window. But it ended up being one of the better games of the entire slate of it Sunday. It was really good. It was a really, really good game. Buy or sell. Tua Tagovailoa will only get better as the season goes on. 
buy. Buy him and you should. You would hope so. <laughs> At the least. Buy or sell. Kyler Murray is the biggest set it and forget it start in fantasy. Why? He's really good. Four total touchdowns. 100 yards rushing. 283 yards passing. Three passing touchdowns. Kyler Murray, buy or sell, Kyler Murray is the best running back that the Cardinals have ever had. He's the best rusher that the Cardinals have ever had. Sell, Edron James. You weren't even going to say Emmett Smith? Not for the Cardinals. He's not famous <laughs> on the Cardinals. Come on now. What do you think I, you think I was going to say? Oh, Emmett Smith? Come on. Come on now. I guess you're not the Cowboys fan I thought you were. Deranged. Well, Emmett Smith, Emmett Smith is not known for his time in Arizona. We as Cowboys fans choose to forget that, that time ever happened. It's kind of like us Rangers fans when we are looking at Henrik Lundqvist and his time that he's spending now in Washington. We will choose to forget it. Sorry, what? I thought he – didn't he retire in the offseason? 100% right. How, how dare I forget that? Please, Braden Holtby is the starter in, in Washington. What are you talking about? You know, you're, 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 you're so right, Adam. You're yeah. so right. Silly me. Actually, yeah. Silly, silly me. Uh, yeah. Really? You think Edron James is a better rusher than Kyler Murray? Well, you said running back. Oh. I'm talking about the guy who is actually running back versus the guy who is a very, very fast quarterback. All right, but, fine. Let me, let me, let me clarify. Kyler sure. Murray is the best rusher the Cardinals have ever had. Oh, bye. Bye. Yeah. Yes. The guy, the guy just makes the place happen with his feet. It, it, it is just absolutely obscene what he's able to do. And This could have been a Josh Rosen revengeance game, but it was not. Oh, so sad. But Josh Rosen now is with Tom Brady. Yeah. Josh Rosen is learning things from Tom and learning how to drink paint from Bruce Arians. Yeah. It'd be a third what do you story. think? What do you think? Is Josh Rosen more of an Aboffs fan or a Sherwin-Williams I think Sherwin Williams. I mean, there isn't really much to do besides drink paint if you're a third-string quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Or maybe he's more of like a Home Depot or a Lowe's store brand kind of guy. Yeah. Who would have thought that – Or is he more into like watercolors? Who would have thought that Josh Rosen would be the J.P. Lawsman of the 2018 <laughs> draft class? Oh, Josh Rosen. What a guy. What a, what a, what a guy. All right, this Sunday night game. Whoa, God. Yeah. Yeah. This, this was a freaking car crash. Yep. Jameis Winston, Revengeance. Standing on the corner, Jameis Winston, Tampa, Florida. Such a fine sight to see. Did you see the Saints dancing in the locker room? Of course I did. That's Sean why Peyton, Sean Payton putting on the true white people moves. Love to see it. That's why I want Sean Payton to be the next coach of the Jets. Love to see it. Love it. Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones probably saw that and said, sign him up. Why the fuck did I let him go? Why the sign fuck did I up. let him leave? Sign him up right now. Jerry Jones like, I knew I should have handcuffed him to the locker room. I knew I should have kept him here. Gosh, darn it. Listen, he discovered Tony Romo. 
that's enough to get you a statue in Dallas. That is very true. Very, very, very true. Was it him that discovered Tony Romo or was it more Bill Parcells? Oh, Sean Payton. Yeah. Sean Payton was the offense coordinator. Yep. And Sean Payton went to Bill Parcells and said, yo, this dude Romo, Antonio, Antonio Romo, very good. Yeah. Buy or sell, Drew Brees is the true goat. I'm not buying into your pipe dream, Adam. No. Sell. It is not a pipe dream. It's reality. Sell. How many rings does Drew Brees have? How many times do I have to teach you this lesson, old man? Rings are a team accomplishment. Oh, please. Oh, please. That's the classic Tony Romo not in the Hall of Fame argument, that Tony Romo doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame because he doesn't have a Super Bowl, because he was supposed to do it by himself. It's Tony Romo's fault that Tony Romo doesn't have a Super Bowl ring. But now we're talking about Drew Brees, and it's, oh, it's a team accomplishment. Give me a smoke. If Drew Brees was on those Cowboys teams, he would have won multiple Super Bowls. Probably. Probably. If Phillip Rivers was on the Giants, the Giants would have four Super Bowl rings. Drew Brees has done more with less than Tom Brady has. I'm sorry. Did you, did you, just, did you just say something? I, I, I apologize. Could you, could you say that one more time? Tom Brady's had great teams around him for the Super Bowl teams. You need to go back to bed. Or someone needs to bring you back to the home. Are you high? No. We also have an update on Christian McCaffrey. Okay. Christian McCaffrey is listed as day-to-day with the shoulder injury. So that is good news. Well, yeah. That I is mean, if he was going to be good, out, they would have said week-to-week. Week-to-week, I would have had a panic attack. Yeah. But day-to-day, that, that, that is good news. But if you had to drop Mike Davis like I did, um, I would say it is wise that you go pick him up again, especially if you have McCaffrey. Yeah, very, well, very, very wise. Unless you play uh, – or if you're playing the McCaffrey owner and you want to fuck him. True. Potentially fuck or her. Him. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, buy or sell. Antonio Brown has made the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense one big giant clusterfuck. Buy. This is like you put you – put, one too many uh, blocks on the balance on the uh, on the scale, and it fucks everything up. You're making a house of cards, and it's like you're making a house of cards, and then you add a stick of dynamite, and that stick of dynamite is Antonio Brown. House of Cards, great program. Kevin Spacey, great guy. Hey, M- maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> I would, I would not do that. Fine, fine. Frank Underwood. Great guy. The guy who plays him, maybe not uh, so much. I don't even know if Frank Underwood's a great guy, honestly. Oh, I look, come on. Come he on murdered now. a dog. Frank Underwood, I love Frank. He murdered a dog. <laughs> hey, my princess is right here. How dare you watch your whole mouth? He did. Watch your whole mouth. Thank God it was off camera, but he did. I didn't need to see that. That was abhorrent and disturbing. Yeah, I mean, Anto- Antonio Brown just... It looked like Tom Brady was just trying to force feed him the ball. And it just led to this whole offense being so out of whack. Well, one example of that was that I think it was in the second quarter. There was like that really deep shot that Tom Brady threw into into like triple coverage down the middle to Antonio Brown. Yep. That was the third pick. Yeah. There was one. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of something else. 
There was another one that was like almost a pick also. Oh, that was the, was, are you talking about the one that was down the middle or you're talking about the one that's towards the sideline? The one that was towards the sideline was also triple coverage and that was the one that was picked. There was, I'm t- talking about one down the middle. Oh, okay. That was the one that wasn't picked. It was almost picked though. Yeah. I almost thought it was picked, picked honestly. Yeah. Cause I yeah. think, was it Marshawn Lattimore that went up for it? Mm-hmm. Malcolm Jenkins. Like it looked like he caught it. I was like, did he catch it? And then everybody he- got up like nothing happened. Did he? Did he not? I'm like, I guess I mean, he didn't. We'll have to wait and see with this Bucks offense because it just looks like it's another piece now that they need to continue to work out the kinks with. But, again, it, it, it's just getting to be more and more like the Bucks are just trying to add too much and trying to do too much it's with like an offense like, that was finally beginning to click, it yes. looked like with what they had, but now they're bringing in something else, which is like, do they really need it? You see their performance against the Raiders, and you're like, this team doesn't need Antonio Brown at all. Right. And you're like, basically, I was good. I said this while you were talking, so it probably didn't come across, but uh, it's like Jason Light is playing Madden. And he's like, fuck it. I'm going to sign all the big names. Leonard Fournette's a free agent, bring him in. Antonio Done. Brown's a free agent, bring him in. Donk's a free agent, bring him in. Done. Team chemistry, what's that? I've never heard of it. Is it Jason Light that's running the team, or is it his nine-year-old son? Yeah. It just wants all the big name players. <laughs> Can we? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It, it's, yeah. Uh, buy or sell. The Saints are going to win the NFC South. Why? Why? They can do that. Buy or sell. The Saints offense is the most frustrating fucking offense on the planet. When everybody scores, except for Michael Thomas. It seems more like a you problem than a me problem. Shut the fuck up, Adam. <laughs> well, I think that, no, it's frustrating for Michael Thomas owners, yes. Emmanuel Sanders, Trey Quan Smith, Adam Troutman, Josh Hill, Alvin Kamara. That's five guys that all scored. Mm-hmm. You know who didn't score? Michael Thomas. The best fucking receiver that they have. They didn't even try and give him a look in the red zone. Fuck them. I guess he was fucking. on a quote-unquote pitch count. Fucking balance. Yeah. Fucking pricks. Oh, by the way, I almost completely forgot the thing we promised at the beginning of the show with my impersonation of the referee. Okay. So what is it? Holding. Offense. Number 62. 10-yard penalty. First down. You know, it's kind of sounds like the referees in Madden. Well, maybe the referee from last night. I forget. I don't know the guy's name off the top of my head, but I see him all the time. I can't help but laugh. Yeah. Personal foul, roughing the passer. Defense, number 54. 15-yard penalty, second down. No, I think it's more of an emphasis on the 15-yard penalty. Is like an emphasis on the T at the end. Right. 
anyway, um, buy or sell. You might have to wait. A, I would wait a couple of weeks or maybe two weeks to see what actually comes, comes out of this Bucks offense before trusting them again. Sell. Sell because you drafted Mike Evans and you drafted Chris Godwin to be guys that you start every single week. And you cannot bench them in the middle of a stretch run. Now, if it's a Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones situation, that's different. That is very different. Yes. Then I think you could say that you can bench them. But Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, you cannot bench. No way. No way, Jose. All right. Are I mean, are you starting Antonio Brown next week against Carolina? As a flex, yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. So, with that being said, we could talk about Patriots Week. I love Patriots Week. I mean, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Depends. Depends on the season. Well, you actually have a shot to win this game tonight. Yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, I'm, I could be very much jinxing myself, but the Jets usually play the Patriots kind of hard at home. At least it's more of a game at MetLife than Correct. in Foxborough. Correct. We haven't won in Foxborough in like 12 years. But we, we have more recently won at MetLife Stadium. So, yeah. I mean, I'm a, li- I'm a bit less confident in this game just because of the fact that Mr. Mr. Donald will not be playing and Jameson Crowder is questionable. <sighs> You're forgetting again. Once I know, again. I know. Again. I know. You are forgetting about elites, Joe Flacco. By the way, have you seen the Patriots injury report? It's actually astonishing. Extensive. Extensive. <laughs> to put it mildly, yes. Uh, yeah, Nikhil Harry is not playing in this game. Nick Folk was added to the injury report. Damien Harris is questionable. Their two tight ends are questionable well Dalton Keene is out and Ryan Izzo is questionable their three-fifths of their offensive line is questionable Stefan Gilmore is out Lawrence Guy is out this is nuts what you meant to say is it is extensive it's extensive I mean that's coming from me a Jets fan talking about the extensive injury report is there an update yet on uh, – I know you haven't gotten to the Jets side of it yet, but is there an update on Jamison Crowder that you've heard? Um, I really haven't heard anything. Last I heard is that he was questionable, and that was He it. is questionable. But I, saw, I did see that he got in limited work on Friday after sitting out Wednesday, Thursday, so that is a good sign. Um, apparently, Rich Sabini said yesterday that in the uh, – I guess it was in uh, a press conference – that Jameson Carter said, I feel good. I'm confident about playing on Monday night. Okay. So sounds, that sounds like good, good enough for me. I mean, there are plenty of people, I think, that want to start Jameson Crowder in this matchup. I mean, I definitely know a few, um, and I've advised all of them to make sure that they have either Jacoby Myers or Brashad Perryman or Braxton Berrios just as a backup plan in case Jameson Crowder doesn't play. Yeah. Well, it's uh, – so – James Crowder's trending. He's trending towards a return, and so should Rashad Perriman. 
But one big thing, I mean, this is not related to fantasy, but Quinn Williams might not be playing tonight. So that could what be, a shock. That could be huge. Big shocker. Yeah. And there's a chance, and we'll probably have to be seeing more of Sergio Castillo because Sam Ficken will also is doubtful for this game. No, I love watching Sam Ficken. He's great. He's terrible. I hate him. I don't He's know why great. Just, I don't know why they just brought him back. He has no range. His nose just kind of holds him down. It fucks with his gravity. It's ridiculous. It fucks with his gravity. Hey, it could be worse. You could have Brett Ma. Yeah, you're right. Now that's the worst kicker of all time. We did sign him. Fuck him. Wish we had signed uh, Legatron. He's with a great organization now. Making hey, you 59 could, you, yard field goals. You could sign Adam Vinatieri. Revengeance. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a cold day in hell when Adam Vinatieri puts on a Jets uniform and kicks against the New England Patriots. A very, very, very cold day in hell. <sighs> anyway, so what is your starter meter looking like for this game? Let's start off with New England. Cam Newton's got to be a 10. I mean, I know I'm starting on a couple spots. Damian Harris is like a six. If he plays. If he plays, yep. If it's Rex Burkhead, Rex Burkhead's probably a six as well. I think with Damian Harris, Burkhead's still a good goodish start, like a five. Jacoby Myers, I love a DFS tonight. So if you're uh, be playing some DFS, uh, Jacoby Myers is a fantastic DFS play. Should be pretty cheap, I would imagine. Uh, and for fantasy, it's probably like a seven. But for DFS, DFS, I love him. Yes. What's going on with the other running backs for New England? Sonny Michelle and James White. James White's going to play. Okay. James, White, James White's going to play. James White's probably like a three just because I expect that the Patriots are going to win this game. And it's not going to be a game script really fit for James White. Sonny Michelle. <laughs> that is just all quiet on the Western front. It's like he's been on on IR and they just forgot about him. Right. It's like your mom said you were going to pick you up from school and then she just forgot to come. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. And and then outside of of that, for the receivers for New England and the tight ends, there's not really anything else. Patriots defense, you pick them up, you're starting them. And uh, that's that for New England. I mean, for the Jets, like Joe Flacco, he – the, the annoying thing about Joe Flacco is that every week, the, all the weeks that he's been starting, he's like, oh, I feel really comfortable with the offense. I really feel like I'm getting into a rhythm with the offense. And then he just lays, a fu- and then he just lays an egg. I'll make this easy for you. If you need to start LaMichael P. Ryan, you start LaMichael P. Ryan, you don't feel great about it. The only jet that I would start with some confidence is Jamison Crowder if he plays. Yeah. Because honestly, that it. that's it. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basin Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of the Basin Talk Podcast Fantasy Show, the Vanilla Basin Talk Podcast, the Quizvitational, and our new program, The Debate, on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Yes, we will be having a new debate coming this weekend, so stay tuned for that. Exciting stuff. Please listen, like, follow, leave us a five-star review, whatever you can. 
any and all feedback is appreciated. And tomorrow, as usual, we will be talking to you about waivers and previewing what will hopefully be a Jets win. That is me knocking on my wood desk to not jinx it. There you go. For my co-host Ed Birdsall, I'm Adam Caster, and we'll talk to you next time on the Basin Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Bye-bye. <laughs>